Jackson Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we're continuing our series in Genesis. Last time we met God in flesh hanging out with two angels. Well, I guess I wouldn't say flesh in this case. It's God in physical substance. Tangible form? <laughs> Tangible form, yeah. Uh, not flesh, because Jesus is God in flesh. Like, he actually, like, all right, I'm born of a human being. Mm -hmm. Uh, but this is like, if you will, as we've said many times before, Jesus in the Old Testament. So God in tangible, physical form in front of him, along with two angels that he's come uh, to see Abraham with. And this is where we get this weird story of Abraham trying to convince God to uh, consider not... Wiping out Sodom and Gomorrah. He's bargaining. He's bargaining. Why? Because his family's there. His family's there. Lots over there. So he's got kind of a personal investment here. So God's like walking with Abraham. He's like, should I not tell Abraham what I'm up to? No, I should probably tell him. So he tells him. And then the angels are getting ready to head into Sodom and Gomorrah and police it out as we talked in our last episode scouted out scouted out police angels yeah and then abraham uh comes over to god and says will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked uh, suppose there are 50 righteous within the city uh, will you sweep away the place and not spare for 50 righteous who are in it uh, far be it from you to do such a thing to, uh, to put the righteous to death with the wicked so that the righteous fares the wicked uh, Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? I'd be a little afraid. To, <laughs> like, I mean, that's some that's some tough words. Yeah, for... I mean, talk about you know trying to like persuade God not to do something. Like Abraham just questioned the God of the universe's character, as though Abraham's so much more righteous than right. Him, is that right. I don't think he's necessarily questioning God's character here as much as pointing out, hey, this is the character that I know you to have. You are the just God. Mm -hmm. But yet, if you do this thing, how can you reconcile that with your normal character? Right. And that's, that's a better way to put it. Is essentially, as he's come to get to know God over the last few years, God has revealed himself and in a way that like he obviously would care about things like justice. And so when he hears that a city is gonna be wiped out and he knows that his family is over there, he bargains or is, you know, we some might say questioning his character or as Olivia's saying, like pushing back, like I know your character and I don't see how this lines up. So like another good example of that might be in Job. I read the whole book of Job yesterday because I was gonna preach a message on it and I just wanted to like reread the whole thing. Job <laughs> Job is questioning God the whole time. Like he never turns against God. He's never not faithful to God. He never like uh curses God or anything like that. But Job certainly is like, God, this this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't feel right. It's not just what did I do? Like why is my whole life just fall apart? Do you do you do you care? You know, like, why do the rich keep getting rich and the poor keep getting poor? Like, we think of that as like a modern American, like, yeah, injustice, this is this is just happening today. No, Job literally deals with that question. Like, the whole book is one big book of justice. 
And then God comes and gives a beautiful non-answer to Job. <laughs> and doesn't answer the question really at all. Um, but essentially, like at least the book of Job kind of does something to what Abraham does. We see injustice in the world. And like Olivia says, we know that God is just. So why are these things happening? The Bible wrestles with that question. And Abraham wrestles with it right here. So we start with 50, right? Abraham's like, if you find 50 there, you won't burn it up, right? Like you can't treat the righteous the same way that you would treat the, the wicked. And God's like, no. Uh, actually, what was God's exact answer? Um, he said, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. So does God seem like vindictive, angry out for blood right here? No, he wants, he wants so badly to find enough good in this place to make it worth saving. Yeah. I think that's huge. Like, people are always out there preaching, you know, fire and brimstone on the streets. Like, here, everyone's headed to hell. Stop sinning and blah, blah, blah. You know, and like, like, yeah, we want to stop sinning. We don't want to go to hell. Sure, all these things. But, like, our perspective of the world is just like it's all just evil and bad whereas God right here is like I've got my eyes on the righteous and I have enough hope in them that they might be able to turn a place around or at least like if there were 50 righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah the place would have been spared just because there were some people who <laughs> who were living better lives right? well the influence of the 50 Mm-hmm. would have started to spread out and helped take over the city mm-hmm. in righteousness just from time. Yeah. So either it, it could go that way where it's like hope for the righteous. Yeah, if there's a few righteous there, that can still spread out like a contagion and eventually turn other people's hearts I to be righteous. I think it's too soon to use contagion. <laughs> I think it is. It can spread out like COVID, just more specifically. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and other people might become righteous. But if not... God still sees, like, yeah, you know, for a ratio there, like, the righteous don't deserve to be burned up with fire and, and all that. Like, I won't, I won't hurt the place if there's some. So, like, it's interesting to think, is all I'm saying, what if your presence in an area affects God's hope or judgment upon it? I don't know. I haven't meshed this thought out. Okay. <laughs> I, I also don't know what judgment looks like, right? Like, I'm not a fan of, oh, there's a tornado. What kind of sins you commit in Kansas? You know, like, I don't care for those kinds of things. Uh, but in this particular biblical example, to say the least, the righteous would be a reason to spare this area. It's not the only time we've seen that in Genesis so far, right? For Noah, like, yeah, I could have wiped out all humanity, but... There was one guy I had hoped that humanity could continue on. So I took that guy and his family and gave it another chance, right? So like that would be that would be an example of like God sparing humanity altogether. In this case, God could be sparing like a whole town based on the righteousness of some. But we see even furthermore just how like as Olivia was saying, like just how like we're pushing back on God's character, like you are just, right? Because Abraham keeps bargaining, as Casey says. All right, suppose not 50. 
uh, suppose you find 45. And God's like, I won't destroy it if there's 45. Okay, all right. Uh, 40. I won't (laughs) burn it down for 40. Okay, all right. Let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. I will not do it if I find 30. <laughs> this is like a children's book, you know, <laughs> like we're doing math equations. Here's how you learn how to count down. Uh, suppose 20, uh, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Oh, don't be angry, let me speak, but this one's, suppose 10. <laughs> and that, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm like 10, really, Abraham? Like, that's a low bar. Like, <laughs> Ten? That's like one family, <laughs> you know. Well, one large family. One yeah. large family. That's it. Uh, and God's response is, "For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it." Again, does God seem like he's out for like? I just want to see things burn. I do have to say though, the worst negotiation tactics ever, of just, "Hey, could I have fifty? Okay. Forty? Okay. Forty-five or thirty? Okay." 10. Okay, like, I've said okay how many times? How many times do I have to say okay? That's a good question. Could he still have kept going? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if he's gone all the way down from 50 to 10, like for one, God is really trying to help the other side negotiate here. Like, does God want him to push back? God's the one who brought this up. I don't know. At least to show Abraham his character. Right. Because God's like, should I tell Abraham about this? I like how the Bible authors are like, we know what was on God's mind right here. <laughs> should I tell Abraham what I'm about to do? Yeah. All right. Abraham, here's what I'm up to. I see. <laughs> what if you found 10 righteous there? And it's like, especially because like, you know, you can tell... Abraham's pressing his luck because he's like, don't be mad. I'm just <laughs> so I was thinking like Because you're you and like they're them <laughs> Ten <laughs> like Yeah, it's just that that interaction to me feels very Entertaining just like if you could have been a fly on a wall and watched like I would have loved to see the reaction and that interaction just because um, I mean, God just just like, yeah, okay, okay, all right, I can do this all day. Let's keep going. Like, yeah. it's just he keeps, you know. There's a there's a certain divine counsel feel here to me too. Like, you know, in the heavenlies, God gets together with spiritual beings and asks for their input on stuff. You see that throughout the Bible. It weirds us out, but God does that. And here, God comes into the earthly realm and then talks to the image of God in, on earth, you know, human beings. Abraham, here's what I'm up to. You want to speak into this? So it's almost like this, like, earthly divine counsel feel to this. You're, you're my guy. What do you think, you know? This is what I'm going to do. Okay, God, well, let me, let me talk about this. Uh, and, you know, the fact that Abraham stops at 10 and that he's nervous to ask at that point. Well, he, he was nervous at 20. And he was. he was even nervous at 10 even more. So one of the things I might wonder is, A, is he nervous because he keeps bringing it up? But B, is he also nervous because eventually he has to be thinking to himself, 
Can I find ten righteous people in that place? Or would it be right? <laughs> you know, like if there's only ten righteous people there, and yeah, there's can... just all these atrocities going on constantly, is it right of me to be like, well, for the sake of... Well, does that mean that like... 0.00% of... <laughs> right? Well, playing into this, does that mean ten people can save a city? Yeah. Well, that's another question, too. Because, like, in for application idea of, like, you know, if it's less than ten people, you know, can their collective togetherness and righteousness, can that change a city? And how much hope does that give us mm. to try to help change the areas that we live to help influence our city? Well, just thinking over other Bible passages, I think we could be willing to go there. For example, Nineveh. Right? Like, Jonah's the one guy. <laughs> Nineveh is pictured as the whole place is Sodom and Gomorrah, you know? Like, God's about to do the same thing to Sodom, to Nineveh that he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, that's even what Jonah's hoping for. He's the one righteous guy going in. And Jonah, Jonah doesn't want God's character in that case. Like, it's kind of like a reverse Sodom mm -hmm. and Gomorrah. Jonah is the one who wants to talk God up into the violence <laughs> like look god i know that you're gracious and loving and compassionate and slow to anger if i go there and they repent i know what you're gonna do <laughs> i'm not into it so J jonah in many ways and i never thought of it quite like this is reverse abraham yeah. in this story abraham wants to talk god down because he knows that's god's character is gracious Jonah wants to talk God into anger because he knows that it's, God's character is gracious. <laughs> and it's kind of strange. And Nineveh, too, like if you were to look at like historical articles to the Assyrians and all that, Nineveh was a bad place. Like the stuff that they did there was just, it's like a whole nother Sodom and Gomorrah of all kinds of injustice and evils. So when God sees things like that, he occasionally will carry out justice. As to modern day examples, I have none, okay? I don't like read into, uh, oh, like I said, tornado, what does it mean? Oh, earthquake, hurricanes. I don't read into those things as like acts of judgment. But biblically, God does perform such things in, in, in rare circumstances. Yeah, there's a total of what, 10 or less? <laughs> well, like the Bible is going to continually reference Sodom and Gomorrah and the flood as examples of God's ultimate judgment. And if those are like two of the big ones that constantly come up throughout the Bible, then that's only like two times. <laughs> you know, like those are two times where God's like, I looked at it, it was so bad, I had to deal with it because it, it just couldn't be redeemed, you know. Uh, but Abraham, too, he's probably wondering like would i even convince myself if there were only 10 there that it was still worth it i don't know maybe he's wondering that either way uh god then goes his own way sends the angels ahead to check it out scout it out police it out and then abraham goes back to his place so i guess you know there's there's a passage in the bible what would you guys say is the most quoted passage of the bible for us today Jesus wept. 
That's the second time this week someone's answered me with that. Because it's so short and you have it memorized. No, I don't hear people quote that a lot. What are the passages you always hear quoted? I mean, John 3.16. Okay. Yeah, that's, Thank what, I was, you. that's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's the second one, but I was going for the short one first because yeah. it's the easier one to remember. So John 3.16, Jeremiah 29.11. These ones are popular today. The Bible has its own favorite verse that it quotes within itself over and over again. So, like, we have our favorite verse of the Bible, but the Bible itself, Old and New Testament, constantly like to quote Exodus 34, 6 through 7. says this, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children, to the third and fourth generation. So that's probably what our, and your children, and you, you know that. The blessing <laughs> song, I think, is based around this general exodus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but um, this passage right here is the Bible's favorite passage that it quotes. Uh, and that's a pretty powerful passage. What is God? What is his character? Loving, gracious, slow to anger. I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of churches that I've grown up in, God is pictured as the exact opposite. Like he's he's quick to anger and ready to kill you. Like if you if you don't do right, he's coming for you. But the Bible's favorite passage is like, no, he's he's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's kind. He's full of loving kindness. Now, it does have another side to it where if you truly love then you also care about justice because you don't like seeing things hurt. And so you will carry out judgment as necessary and only God can deem necessary judgment. Paul goes that route too. Like humans never avenge yourselves, never, uh, uh, never repay evil. Instead, leave that in God's hand because God's the only one who can deal with that rightly. Um, but we do see like this is God's character. Be slow to anger. And the stories in which God carries out massive amounts of judgment are always like when the world is deeply, deeply depraved and it's after God has tried to repair it and humanity's not going to listen. Even Revelation, right? People always look at Revelation as like, oh, this book's so scary, like it's just pure judgment. All the way to like the end of Revelation, there is the gospel proclaimed. <laughs> like. I'm like, so much stuff is already happening, yet angels fly through the sky and are like, come to Jesus, be saved. I'm like, still? I'm like, Revelation 14. Like, you've already, so much has happened, and you're still like, come on. We have another chance after that chance yeah, after like, that chance. That's what Revelation feels like to me. And Revelation, like, since it's supposed to be the ultimate Sodom and Gomorrah, the ultimate Nineveh, the ultimate flood, uh, Revelation is like, waiting for the world to be as hardened as it can against God because God doesn't want to carry out judgment and doesn't carry out judgment typically if there's still righteousness available that could either spread out uh, can still install hope in the world or righteous people who, who don't deserve the judgment so I don't know. I don't know. 
There's a passage in Peter. Jesus said he'd be back in 70 years. It's been about 70 years, and the church asked Peter, Ah, uh, <laughs> where's Jesus? <laughs> and Peter's response is what? God is patient. God is patient wants more to be saved. And so the, the idea for me, like, from a divine counsel perspective, God, like, looking out over the world, the Christians look at the stuff they're doing. Like, it's they're reaching more and more being saved. Like, it's still going. They're making an impact, making a difference. Jesus, we got time, man. <laughs> like, we don't got to go back yet. Let's see Let's see if they, they keep this up, you know? Uh, and as we push into the Holy Spirit and continue to do that, we see, I think we did an episode on it, right? Where I talk about, like, maybe that was what God was going to do. Is like, all right, 70 years, we're going back. But then God actually being like, yeah, we got time. You know, like, more can still be saved, so let's wait. Anyways... Any other input on this strange, albeit important and powerful passage? I mean, keep asking for more. Maybe you'll get it. (laughs) (laughs) I think one thing we should keep in mind, because our next episode will get to Sodom and Gomorrah. We just framed Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Mm -hmm. That's important. Sodom and Gomorrah was framed as, we've heard the news about this place. It's not good. All right, but God, let me talk you into your grace. How bad does it need to be if you're going to do that? And God's answer is, oh, it's got to be really, 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 really bad. (laughs) Because I don't just do things like this for, like, a little bit of problems in a place, you know. So, anyways, we'll talk about that in our next episode, and we will catch you then. In the meantime... Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe down below. Feel free to hit that little bell notification if you want to know when we are releasing episodes as well. And also share this video with your friends. And join us on the Discord. See you there.